What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Done. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Great entity. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Those toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Greetings, podcast listeners, and thank you for choosing the Salty Dogs podcast. Holiday greetings. I like that, throwing that out there early. That's Jeff Ryan. Uh, yeah, and, and that's Scott Smith. And we are the Salty Dogs. Mm-hmm. And yes, happy holidays to everyone. We Yes. Our stockings have been graced with... Wonderful prizes lately, but my stocking's only half full. Yes, so I want to keep on keeping, keep get, yeah, get, leave that keep stocking on keeping on hung up by the fireplace that you probably don't have here in Florida. Yep, doesn't matter, and um, and, and and for at least three more weeks. Wow, yeah, I'll I'll have to say this: three weeks ago, bucks were four and seven I, on the fringe. Doom and gloom, or as I said, uh, what did I say? Pitchforks and fire sticks. You said fire sticks today. <laughs> we're like torches. Yes, right. yesterday. We're, yeah, we're like. Do you mean torches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fire sticks. But it worked though. You <laughs> well, understood what I got what, what I said, and we got a good laugh out of it. Too. Yeah, which was easy to laugh this uh, last few weeks. It's um, and and particularly after the Green Bay game, that is, that was, that was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was that was a game. I thought the New Orleans game was the most complete game. Not anymore. Not even close. I no. guess we were probably better defensively in that New Orleans game. Yeah. Because Jordan Love moved the ball decently. But, but we I, held him to 20 points. Yeah, but I also think Jordan, um, the Packer D offense is a little bit better. Yeah. That's my opinion, though. They do have a lot of – and they had just gotten Aaron Jones back, and right at the beginning, that no. looked like it was going to be a problem. Right. And but then the Bucks defense kind of clamped down on the run. They only ended up with 60 yards. Yeah, that's what I always find interesting when something's happening and everybody goes, oh, it's over with. You can't do that. Oh, this. They make a couple adjustments. It was great having Vita Vea back. I was a little concerned whether he was going to play or not, but I was happy to see him there. He rode the very early bus with me. Yeah, he was really, truly a game-day decision for the second week in a row. Yeah. And he didn't practice at all last week. No. Um, but let's bottom line this here. Buccaneers just won 34-20 to in Green Bay, and the story is Baker Mayfield. No question. I'm sure probably the majority of the listeners right now have already heard the very cool note that Baker is the first visiting quarterback, starting quarterback, ever to have a perfect passer rating in a game at Lambeau Field. Yeah, and I only think there's two people that have had perfect passing games in Lambeau Field. Oh, period. is Aaron Rodgers the other one? Yeah. Uh, he probably has a couple of them. <clears throat> but uh, still. that It was amazing, and it just feels so good to see him have success because we've really grown to appreciate him this season. 
right? Yeah, and he, you know, he. I don't know if the offense is just totally coming together. I mean, Dave Canales said that it was going to take a little bit of time to get the running game going. The running game has been going for the last few weeks, Four games. which now has opened up the passing game. And we all, you, you know, you hear that. Well, you know, you got to have the run to get the pass, and, you know, whatever. But it's true. Or sometimes you have, like in Atlanta, you have to be able to run when they are aligning their defense. Right. To, to say, focus on the, the yeah, focus on in the, the pass, end. and especially in that game on Mike Evans. But um, Baker, okay, so this time uh, what Green Bay did was play almost exclusively zone. They only played four. He only threw Baker only threw four passes in that game against man to man. And and you've heard Mike Evans talk many times as he loves man to man coverage because he he's going to win. He feels confident <laughs> he's going to beat whatever whoever that man is yeah. and he's right. He's one of the best man coverage beaters in the NFL. But even against zone, Mike had five catches for 57 yards and a touchdown and you could see his we've talked he talked about this early in the year on some other play, but you can just see his experience and also his connection with Baker from his experience from all these years. And then his connection with Baker, which has been really good. He basically, he was in the left slot on his touchdown and he basically ran a go route to just run up the field, right. but he didn't run straight line down the hashes up the field, totally vertical route. He, he first bent it out to the, to the, towards the sideline. He was in the left slot and uh, a safety was there. And he bent towards that guy, but kept on the inside of him. Meanwhile, Trey Palmer was doing a crossing route from left to right, and the safety in the middle field, because it was a corner, actually, that was on Mike. Um, they had dropped the corners into cover three, and the safety in the middle of the field, I think his name's Rudy Ford or something uh, yep. like that, <clears throat> briefly followed Trey Palmer, made a, made a break to the opposite direction where Mike was, and when Baker then turned and threw to Mike, that safety didn't have time to get back. And Mike's route inside the corner and then bent back a little bit towards the middle of the field, gave him like three yards of separation from that corner. It was one of the easiest touchdown passes yeah. of the year for Baker Mayfield. And that the fact that they were doing it with the crowd noise, because I'll say this about Packer fans, they understand it. They yeah. understand how it works. They definitely do. Yeah. They don't need those reminders they kept putting up on the board. Like, no, no. Do me a favor. Just lower your mic just a little bit. Not hearing me well enough? Well, I'm hearing you just fine, but a little, it's a little hey, I remember not. I remember to turn my fan I off. I noticed that. And when I came in, I was trying to. I was, I was kind of impressed with you are Well, listen, you're on your game. It's hey, while only, we're at it. It's only week 18. <laughs> you're, you're doing well. <laughs> while we're at it, let's do what I always mean to do and forget and say, if we read emails, and by the way, we have a lot of them this uh -oh. week. We read emails from our fans. Some of them are questions. Some of them are rants. Some of them are just statements or or saying something nice about a player or something uh we try to get to all of them if you want to communicate with us and have your stuff read on the podcast you can email us at salty dogs at buccaneers.nfl.com truly a wordsmith if you'd like to communicate with us if wow like to, if you'd like to have a dialogue via email yeah. um good bad or indifferent so just so you know so baker just carved up yep. the zone defense they yeah. played zone mostly cover three all day and i mean oh look Savannah's yeah, Savannah's doing her job. She's learned to put that under the door. Yeah, now. she's doing good. Uh, she's early too. Yeah, she's early. We're usually like an hour into the podcast when we leave early. <laughs> well, it's remote. She's day. got Christmas shopping to do. Ah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I did some last night. I know you. You were all excited. Well, I was glad we went. It wasn't terribly productive. Oh, I'm sorry. Wish we had found more. Yeah. So now I have to do some more shopping. It's hard to do it in one day. Yeah, it's hard to do it, especially when your spouse never really has anything suggest any suggestions oh it's not your job 
to figure out what she wants yeah oh i see you just don't i shop for her but i need to know what to get yeah but don't you like kind of like spend the year trying to decide yeah. see something listen to what she says yeah, that would be a good strategy and, and then go ooh, she wants right, that right and then know. and then i still need her to pick and then it's a big surprise because she didn't think you yeah, were listening it doesn't work that way yeah okay <clears throat> okay she doesn't she doesn't want for a lot she's not well, a materialistic or totally get that person. totally get that it's um, all about the experience it's the adventure Go ahead. Yeah, Baker well, that's Mayfield. exactly what my, my sister and her um, new yeah, husband, uh, husband <laughs> they got married in October. Um, her new man. <laughs> no, they've been together for a while. Yeah. But uh, she, a few years ago, because, you know, it kind of gets old exchanging sure. gifts. As you get older, yes. So um, they always come down here for a little bit in December and or January, and we give each other adventure gifts. Yeah. Like last year, we went and had an encounter with... Um, Lemur, lemurs. Oh. That was neat. A lemur? Yeah, lemurs. Like in, um, you know, they've got the long tail and they can hang from it. And Really? They're like Are they marsupials, I believe. Where did you do this? Yeah, it was down south of here, like in Sarasota or somewhere. Oh, okay. I didn't ever hear it. It was at some, it was at an animal place where oh, they have okay. a lot of big cats well, and stuff. Well, I'm glad it was at an animal place. <laughs> but they offer, you can do this lemur experience uh for about a half an hour. See, in and room. I think that's the type of stuff because if you really think about it, I mean, a few gifts when you're a little kid, you'll remember, you always remember if you got a bike or something significant that you wanted. But, you know, as the years go on, it's kind of hard to remember. You know, you don't remember that sweater. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember getting the. Did you. Did you ever. Do you remember the little handheld game? Like Nintendo? Was, the, no, no, not even that. Atari? It was supposedly football. Okay. But what you were doing was. You were controlling a little dash, and then there was defensive people that were dashes, and you just kind of had to move your uh, thing up and down and horizontally to not run into the other dashes, and that was football. Yeah, my football game was it was a flat metal board, and you had a big transformer, and you plugged it in, and you took your men. And, you and put it vibrated, in. right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen most, that. Most fun ever. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they even get to a point where you could have a quarterback throw the ball? I don't remember that. Or maybe. What was that called? I don't. What? Football? The football game? Yeah. <laughs> the electronic football game. <laughs> There's the name for it. You think? I think so. I'm not so sure. You know, they weren't that creative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Somebody thought of the word slinky. That's pretty creative. For well, that that's toy. true. That's Vibrating true. football. <laughs> You're going to get a lot game. of stuff there. <laughs> no, I said football game. <sighs> Oh, Lord. That is so now, funny. What? It, it's called electric football. It's, that's right. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> that didn't seem right. Well, I know, but that's like, a, I just re it's the little things in life you remember. See, but anyway. See, we're giddy here uh, um, after this big win. We're, yeah. We're positively giddy. Um, still not done talking about Baker Mayfield. No, you're never going to be this week. Have you seen, I mean, clearly his best performance so far as a Buccaneer, he was just so sharp. Yeah. He was so on target. Yep. And, and, and making all the right decisions. And after every series and everything, he was going down and talking to his old linemen. He was, you know, having conversations. In fact, there was one point that he was talking with Mike and Chris and Dave Canales, and they had the, the pads out looking at him. Mm. Um, so very involved. Uh, and he has not had any – before this game, he did not have success at Lambeau Field. In two other tries. Correct. <clears throat> well, he has – he said third time's a charm after the game. Yay. Uh but how many? I can't count how many times during that game I turned to whoever was next to me in the press box and said, "Man, that was a great throw." Yeah, 
he was on target as as he struggled in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but came back and won the game. So yes. you, 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 he didn't have a great game in Atlanta, but he did enough. He made to the win. plays at the end to win. Correct. This game, he was ma- his throws were all there, like all of them. You know, you weren't going, oh, he's throwing a little high today. or no. Oh, he's being rushed. He or, was on target. The only blemish he had was he got caught from the backside. Just, but he almost, he looked like he was going to go deep. And he was just. He was, he was loading up. The yeah. And he was just waiting just like a split second. And he brought his yeah. arm back. And then, boom, he got yeah. knocked. But, good, good play by that guy. But it was it, a long time in the pocket. Yeah. Just a tick too long. Right. Um, one thing about that play is when I saw the replay, you know, that's a violent play. He's, mm-hmm. he's hit, and his arm doesn't go forward. I'm so glad he didn't get hurt on that right. play. He so easily could have got a shoulder injury on that play. And when you look across the league, all, that's been all the quarterbacks oh. that have been dropping, there was another one this week, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, the um, uh, DeVito got a concussion. DeVito got a concussion. Well, Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence. Which we're going right. to be talking about. Right. He, he went down. at the he, Poor Trevor Lawrence. He's got a bad knee, a bad ankle, and now he's con- played concussed. Through, he's played through every injury he's had. And he's never missed a start in his career yet, but a concussion is different. Yeah. You, you, you can't just go, I'm going to play through it. You're not allowed until, to until right. you clear the protocol. Boy, he has an arm. I watched him he's, on Sunday yeah. night. Wow. He can throw. Oh, yeah. He's got all the talent in the Ooh. world. You, you, you know, you kind of he kind of got lost in his rookie year, and you weren't really sure who he was. Because but of now, his coaches. Yeah, but now he's third year in and uh, yeah, he, looking he strong. made huge strides under Doug Peterson last year. I still think he's destined to be a star. I don't think he's quite there yet. Right. But I still think at some point he's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but for Baker it was really great, and, and you know I I just loved his attitude after the game. He he was it wasn't all it wasn't about him. Mm. It was about the team. Well, yeah, I mean he couldn't have done it without yeah. the, the the everybody everybody played well on offense. Yep. The, yep. the one blemish would be the five sacks. You don't want to see that. No. Uh, he was pressured on ten of his thirty three dropbacks, including the five sacks. But when he was, that means there was twenty three plays dropbacks where he wasn't pressured and he was almost perfect on those plays right he was like 20 of 23 for like 350 yards and three touchdowns crazy so give him a little bit of time and give him zone defense and he picked it apart remember we talked in the preseason we were wondering who the comeback player of the year was we're gonna have a question about that so let's table that because wow look at me not getting clairvoyant here so yeah his biggest target on the day was chris godwin yep who had like five or six catches over 20 yards crazy ended up with 155 yards his third highest total ever and i mean he was doing it all he was now now everybody who watched that game and they're seeing they're going okay what's the difference now what's the difference why is all of a sudden the ball getting spread around well like you said the run a good running game helps and when you have we've been waiting for a while for Mike and Chris to be producing in the same game. That's been a big storyline at our press conferences yep. the last couple of weeks. Yep, and um, they were. Uh, we were moving the chains. That helped a lot too. We were seven of eleven on third downs. We weren't hurting ourselves so much on penalties Four, a couple yeah, times, but that too. You know. So you weren't getting behind the sticks except on the sacks. Yeah, and. Um, Four of those first third down conversions were passes to Chris Godwin. So now defenses have to pay attention to both those guys, and it opens up opportunities for Rashad. Like he had two catches down the seam, right. one for a touchdown. Yep. Kate Otten, uh, David Moore. Yep. Wow, David Moore's catch was <laughs> unreal. However, David Moore could have been. He was a, he was a hero and almost just a split being second. The yeah. Well, I would have – what would have happened? Because it would have been would, a touchback. It would. It the would ball have, went out of the back of the end zone. Okay, it did go out. That's so that's 
yeah, Green so, Bay would have had the ball at their twenty, right? And they would, you would they would only been one touchdown down instead of wow. two with about five minutes to go. You know, you hadn't scored in three years. Maybe just hang on to the ball, right? I've never understood why guys at all levels of the sport don't get till they know they're two or three yards. You're only talking about a split second. You're now you're two or three yards in the end zone. And, you can do anything you want with the ball. And then. What is the purpose of that? There isn't. Oh, thank I mean, you. I don't think it was a purpose thing. It was a he was really celebrating the moment. Right. You know, it's kind of the, you hold your arms out. Unfortunately, the ball's in one of them. And he almost had a Leon Lett moment there. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was it Don Beebe? I believe it was. Dallas against Buffalo. In the Super Bowl. Right. And then there was also one in, um, uh, it was a Thanksgiving game, and it was Dallas and Miami. They had that problem. Someone, a Leon Lett well, that I think that was when it was a slid into the, it was a missed field goal or something, yeah, yeah, and he slid, slid into the in, ball. If he as, yeah. as long as he didn't touch it, right. the offensive team couldn't recover the ball. Right. As long as a Dallas player didn't touch it and essentially fumbled, he did. Yeah. So yeah, Leon Lett was although he was also a really really good player. Yeah, I mean you know bad He's things just, can happen, but in this particular instance, you're you're self inflicting right there. But but. I actually was watching the instant replays over and over again, and uh, it was close. But he was he yeah. was over the line. He the, the ball had broke the plane. So it took a, it took people around me a while to realize what was going on because I saw it yeah. right away. I'm like, oh my god! I hope he was in the end zone. Right. And uh, and then there's you know a couple of minutes later, all of a sudden they're reviewing the play, and then everybody's getting really really worried. And and then you're looking at the replay, going, that looks like he's over. But now, you never know what they're going to say. Yeah, I don't. I I kind of thought it it. I, I can't remember what they said, but I don't know if it said that the play stands for what reason. I remember they said they just said it stands. Yeah, because crossed the plane. Yeah, isn't there a? But they didn't say confirmed. Right. That's that's which leads me to believe they didn't. They, they didn't think there was enough evidence yes. to overturn the call. Correct. On the field. Had the call on the field been a fumble, and we were challenging it, it might not have been overturned. Correct. That's where. So thank goodness the call on the field was touchdown. That's where I was headed. Again, though, that was a. Almost mistake, but we don't have to worry about it. We no, can laugh no, about it. No. And well, what a play. Yeah. I mean fifty two yards. That was, it? was a tight window throw if I've ever seen one to the point to the point where I know I I don't know how everybody reacted, but when he threw it, I was like, Oh no. Because right. I thought it was gonna be a pick. Yeah. And he got it between two defenders and one of them was going for the ball. So right. he took himself out of the play. I think they both did. Right. And so that let David Moore break free and then he He does a spin move. He made an instant move. Yep. As soon as he started downfield, he made an instant move that that beat one defender, and then he just outran everybody. It was, a, you know, it th- that game was just fun to watch. It, that's what I said at the top. But if you but if you look at the the uh, first quarter, uh, probably the fastest first quarter I've ever I experienced. I was, it was less than thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, and they had two commercial breaks in the thirty minutes <laughs> because I was like, oh, we're way way behind. Yeah, and uh, thinking like a well, you have to producer. well because what happens it slows the game up. But the the deal is that it was kind of this. Uh, you know, you thought it was going to be like a not a gun, well maybe a gunslinger battle. You know, whoever had the ball last was going to yeah, whoever had the ball last was going to win. It wasn't you know you didn't think anybody was going to break away you know and score heavily until we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I noticed that too because I looked at the clock. 
not the game clock, but the actual clock uh-huh. at, when the first quarter came to the end and it said one thirty. And I know we didn't kick off at one o'clock. It was probably like one o three or something. Correct. Like one o two. One o two. So twenty eight minute first quarter. How long do you think the game lasted as a whole? I think it lasted uh, two hours and fifty minutes. That was really close. It was two hours and forty eight minutes. Ah, that's a fast NFL game. Yes. Usually well, they hover around three three oh five is 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 what I've noticed. Well, if you want to know why, it's because both teams were running the ball early. And there was only one incompletion by both teams combined in the first down. So those are all plays that keep the clock moving. And the other thing, too, is, though, is that all um, of Green Bay's three timeouts were taken and one of ours was taken. Yes. In because, the first quarter? No, in, uh, in the um, end of the game, near the end, in the oh. second half. Oh, well, so when you stop, when you take a timeout. Yeah, yeah. It could have been two hours and 30 minutes. Right. But, um, you made me forget what I was going to say. Of course I did. In any, oh yeah, they so the the only incompletion of the first quarter was on fourth down. That fourth down, yeah, um, and so that, that wasn't was, a very good throw. No, that was his worst throw yeah. of the day. Um, that would have stopped the clock anyway if he had scored. Right. Uh, um, so there was no excessive excess stoppages of time because we were running and completing passes, right. and so were they. But yeah, that was uh, you know we got really lucky weather wise too. I mean, I know it was raining in the beginning. It was? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The beginning of the game, it was raining. You yeah. can't see that from the prospect. No. Uh, you could hear kind of the whining of people on the field, you know, <laughs> which it's totally understandable. But then it did. It led up, and it was it was pretty but good. A little ne- windy, though. It was a little windy. It down. never stopped being completely overcast and gray. There was a cloud cover. I, I don't think they get the sun until April. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird because it gets dark there at 4.15. Yeah, we'll have to ask our buddy Jason Wallers. Uh, the next time next you see sun. sun, yeah. I thought it was weird driving to work on Monday because we I hadn't seen sun since because it was cloudy here when we left. So oh, it was yeah, forty eight right. hours of clouds. It was raining. Oh, and Friday was cloudy. So here in in Florida, was, I didn't remember that. Yeah, because because of tropical. Well, you had made, you asked me why I drove the car, and I oh, said, "Oh, right. is it going to rain?" And you go, "It's really dark outside." Jeff has an old what? What Corvette. is what year is it? Eighty one. An eighty one white eighty one Corvette, Corvette that I call the white stallion. Yeah. So. Um, it was almost like 72 hours and driving into work. I saw the sunshine went, whoa, what do we speaking, got here? Speaking of Jason Walters, it was nice of him to come down to Appleton and take us to a supper club. Yeah, you got, I, I had to meet up with some friends, and then you guys had left, and then I got canceled on. So oh, I know. Oh, we should have been there. I know. And um, so I did get to see uh, Jason in the press box. And yeah, first, thing, I, you know, I said, I get, we go to the supper club, you know, and he said it was great. Yeah, it was a I feel like the f- when we went to a supper club, we were there in Green Bay like five or six years ago, and he took us to a different supper club uh-huh. in the Green Bay area. Right. And that was truly like a different experience because it looked like you were going into a house. There was a bar where people were there. So I think they might, someone might have been playing cards. Yeah, more of a club. Yeah, more of a club-like yeah. thing. This just seemed like a regular restaurant to me. Yeah, okay. And it was German. Oh. And uh, yeah, it was, some of it was really good. The The French onion soup was great. But the funny part, though, was that- You had French onion soup in a German place? Yeah, it was really good. They're famous for it. Really? Um, you know, France and Germany get along now. Well, I understand that. Uh, <laughs> um, for now, continue. It was kind of funny because trying to decide what to order, right? Uh, Schnitzel. Yeah. Um, I'd go with the brat. They, they had a lot of fish op- oh, options. Yeah, uh, fresh fish. Somebody at our table got, and it was said it was really, really good. I yeah. think it was haddock. Uh, okay. I decided fresh to go. Water with, fish. I decided to go with sour Broughton. Oh. And it was funny because Jason was originally going to order that too because it's one of his favorite childhood yeah. dishes. And then he asked the waitress, um, 
Oh, it was me. A couple questions, and he asked about the sour bread, and she said, I would not recommend that. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's she recommended sp- several other things and, and pretty sternly said, I wouldn't get the sour bread. I, yeah. being stubborn, went ahead and got it anyway. And? It wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> should have listened to what, her. What did you th- Why would she tell you that if it wasn't true? But it sounded really good. <sighs> but she was saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. She was saving me. She was trying to help me. And wow. I, 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 I should have listened. But did you eat it? Yeah, I mean, I ate some of it. It was okay, but was okay. not, yeah. You were disappointed. Okay. Anyway, enough on that. But at least you got to see an old friend of ours, so that was good. Yeah. And then I got to see Jay. He is the, um, I, I think he's vice president, vice president of, of communications, communications yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. He used to work for the Bucks for a long time, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so the back to the offense, the right. second half, man, the Buccaneers only had four possessions in the Ye- second half. Yeah, but what did they do with those four possessions? Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Kill the last five minutes and, and, and kneel, kneel it out. That's how you play a game. They were not stopped. No. The Bucks punted one time, and they had the Baker Mayfield fumble, uh, which, by the way, that could have really – they scored right after that. Uh-huh. That could have really sent us in a spiral. But right. But it didn't affect Baker at all. Came marching down the field. Yeah, and, and just really just played great the rest of the way. I was uh, – our first possession, I was somewhat disappointed because we I didn't thought – didn't get a touchdown. I know. We're, the, we're, it's like, all right, here we go. This is this is something – and get, get down in the red zone, and you just can't – On the first drive. We have not scored a touchdown on the first so drive I, of a game this whole yeah, season. It, it's crazy. Maybe Sunday. And earlier in the year, that was a bit having to do with some inept days on offense overall. Right. But recently, we've been moving the ball well on our first drive. We just can't finish that one. No. And we finished plenty of drives in that game, yeah. just not the first one. Right. I mean, I guess I, I just think it sets a nice tone if you can get it there. especially sure. if, Especially when you're on the road and the crowd's against you because they were. They were <laughs> it was loud. The crowd's against not us. Not only was it loud, but. They probably only have one volume on the music, and that's all the way up. Yeah, you, well, see, I was in a in a closed in portion of the yeah. press box. You opened your windows always. I know, I know. Always, no matter what the temperature is, you would have opened the windows. Correct. That's why Gene always has a scarf and a hat and all of that. Yeah, because you want the crowd noise. You want that feeling, yeah. Because when they some stadiums don't let you open the windows in Kansas City, you don't. And it's it's a very sterile. I mean, for us, I mean, if you're listening on the radio, you, you you don't notice it as much because we have parabolics and everything, so you're getting the sound. But I just don't like the voice comes off the glass, and it gives it just it bothers me. I can understand. Yeah, but it was uh, it was very very loud, and they were in it, which I'm trying to decide. They do a lot of cheering because I guess when you wear mittens and gloves, clapping isn't very loud. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just a thought. So Baker threw for 381 yards, uh-huh. four touchdowns, no interceptions, 22 of 28. As I mentioned, I don't know if people know how passer ratings work. Do you? Uh, no. It was devised. The NFL er, in its earlier decades had different ways they tried ranking quarterbacks. Uh-huh. For a while, it was ranked by yards. For a while, it was ranked by touchdowns. Ooh. But they didn't like any of that. So they wanted something... Tangible. Well, that more encompassed everything that a quarterback does. Okay. And so they asked the Elias Sports Bureau to come up with something, and they came up with pass rating, which is calculated using four categories. All right. Completion percentage. Okay. Touchdown percentage, interception percentage, and yards per attempt. Okay. So when you say attempt percentage, meaning? I didn't say attempt percentage. Oh, you said. Completion percentage, interception percentage. Okay. Um touchdown percentage and yards per attempt. 
All right. So, so if, if you throw the ball more, do you have an opportunity to have your percentage a, go up? No, it's averages. It's like a GPA oh. in each category. Okay. So there, are, there's a table that exists, um, and I know this because I used it to uh, in the '90s to devise an Excel formula that would figure out pass rating. Wow. And you should see it. If it's like three lines long with all kinds of nested uh, formulas within each other. And, uh, yeah, it was one of my most proud accomplishments in early in my career. Mm-hmm. So there's a table that if it's if your completion percentage is 50.1%, then you get this many points, and it goes oh, up and up and up. Okay. But it stops at a certain place. So I don't know what the cutoff is for completion percentage, but let's just say it's 70%. If you get 70%, you get the maximum 396 for that category. Okay. But if you get 72 or 75, it doesn't go up anymore. You're already okay. at the max. Okay, so that's as far as you can go. You got to get above a perfect, a certain level in each of those four categories to get the maximum, which is rounded to 39.6. And if you ah. add those together, the best possible score, because it's not exactly 39.6, right. the best possible score is 158.3, which is just weird. Yeah. If you were coming up with a stat nowadays, you would change the, the table. Just so to hit it, it as It was like solid number. right on yeah. 100 or but even does, 150. But but it does some kind of But we all know. And now yeah. you, you look at that number in the on the stat line during the game, you go like, wow, at 158.3, he's at a perfect mark right now. And he managed to hold on to it. Um so, not 100% sure why I decided to tell that whole story. Well, because, because he had a perfect rating, and you asked me why. And I, I, oh. uh, now, I, I, I knew it was there, but I wasn't really, I thought, which, I thought maybe you could, you know, which is why it's even, up and down. But, but once you hit that high in each category, you can't go anymore, no matter what you do. Which is, you can go down, but you can't go up. And so. then the, the, the worst value can, you can get is zero. Uh-huh. Um, but, which is why it, it's hard to get a zero or anywhere close to that pass rating in a game because you're, if you just don't – like if you don't throw a pick, you'll get the 39.6 maximum score. So if I went out there for a game and got to take one snap and I took the ball and, and threw it into the ground at the right. running back's feet, I could walk off the field with a 39.6 pass rating. Uh, I'd have a zero in completion percentage, yeah, touchdown percentage, yeah, yeah. and yards per attempt, but I'd have the maximum score in interceptions because I didn't throw it. Right. So that's why it's hard to get a zero. So um, this is one of my favorite stats in Buccaneers history right here. I, gotta, uh-huh. I, I don't mean to say anything uh, negative about this man. I'm sure he is. <laughs> however, I don't know him. Is from, oh, however, we are going to bring it up. It's from very, very early in Bucks history. Is that the like, Bucks were a very bad team at the time. Yeah. I'm sure it, it was not easy. Um, I can't find him now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you have to be known for something. And as time goes on, it doesn't hurt as much. It's kind of a badge of honor that you were able to pull that off. And you kind of laugh at it a little bit. So, Randy Hedberg. Oh, I remember Randy Hedberg. You do? Yes. He threw 90 passes in 1977 and had a zero passer rating. Hmm. Because he was 25 of 90. That's a 27.8% passer. Or Did they have rating. the ratings back then? Yeah. I told you it started. They... they they commissioned the Elias Sports Bureau to come up with something in 71, and then they okay. started using it in 73. All right. Um, 27.8% completion percentage. Two, 244 yards on 90 attempts comes out to 244 divided by 90. 2.71, which is tragically low. What? Zero touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That is a 0.0 passer rating. 
Wow. And that was his career. Well, in fairness. That team was terrible. Yes. And this guy was good enough to make it in the NFL. Correct. From a very small school. I don't even know if it's pronounced Minot State. Oh, yeah. It was why not for Minot. Yeah. Uh, Randy, yes. Okay. Yes. Anyway, I don't want to pile on. No. Um, I think that's uh, Minot, North Dakota or South Dakota? I think it's in one of the Dakotas. Yeah. Anyway, well, but hey, they got a they got a guy he, out of their little town. He played in the NFL, it, it, man. Damn right. Um, what do you got, Baker? Speaking of stat tables that I keep, uh huh. Um, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, he's only been here a year, right? So, not even. Yeah, so obviously he's not going to rank really high on your all time passing yards chart. No, but it was just fun when he, these guys are going to move up. Whenever you get a new starter, they're gonna yeah. move up the list, and it was just kind of kind of interesting because he he moved from 18th to 15th in this game, all time, in passing yards for the wow. Bucks, and he passed an interesting. I just found the trio of names interesting. All right, he passed Chris Sims, Steve Young, and Jack Thompson. Wow, the throwing Samoan, <laughs> the throwing Samoan. Wow, Steve Young, the Hall of Famer, Famer who would have not had a career if he stayed with the Bucks back then, <laughs> and Chris Sims. Uh, who's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And very good on uh, he's, NBC. He's good, he in, he's good in the media, yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, you know, it's kind of scary. You, you're starting next this this Sunday's game with a perfect passing rating. You got no place to go. You know, so it makes <laughs> it. only go down. You know, because then now it's going to be, oh, now it's just one game. So I, I think Baker is doing a super job this week of um, – Kind of being low key. Well, it's only Tuesday. Well, I know, but he uh, he had a number of uh, opportunities to do national media, and he wants to stay focused. Oh, okay. I'm pretty impressed with that. I didn't that. know about that. Uh huh. What they want him on the Pat McAfee show? They did. They did. And he decided not to. I believe so, unless unless my sources are wrong. Good for him. But at least not for the first couple days. So. Uh, so that fumble by Baker was the only turnover we've had in the last two games combined. Yeah. Which is a big reason why we won. One, yep. Um, it's also it was also only the second time all year that we have allowed a touchdown off a turnover. Did you know that? No, but I was very disappointed that they scored. <laughs> we've we've allowed a total of twenty three points off of turnovers, That's which is strong. incredibly Incredibly low. Yeah. I, I looked it up for the last twenty years. Our totals, mm -hmm. and you're usually around eighty. Yeah, that's about the average. Eighty points allowed off turnovers, and wow. we're at twenty three with three games to go. So let's keep it going. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's been one good area for us. Yeah. Now, the Jaguars this weekend are tied for the league lead in takeaways. Yeah. They're, they look, yeah. Their defense has moments. They have some flaws. Their numbers aren't great overall, but they take the ball away great, and uh, they're good at rushing the passer. Yep. And that can solve a lot of issues. Correct. Correct. Which, um, which means our O-line's got to tighten up a little bit. Uh, Coe Keeft had a touchdown. How about that? On his huh? first catch of the year. Not only did he catch it, but he managed to get it over the little pylon. He got time. a face full of that pylon. Yeah. He basically, his his face mask, he face planted right on the pylon. Yeah, and then got dirt, and then he got up there pulling it out. That, it was I, effective. Yes. He did listen, what he had to do. Listen, he's getting one one catch. He made he made it count. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, all right. You hit the cough button there. Buddy I did boy. last time. Yeah, but this time you did not. <laughs> it came caught me by surprise. Oh, um, okay. I looked it up. He's one of only three players in the NFL this season who have one catch for a touchdown. Wow. So they only have one. The, one if you're going to get one catch, that's the way to do it. One of them was uh, one of them was Tennessee Titans defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. So that well, was obviously yeah, a trick play. That would be. And the other one is a receiver for the Rams or something. Uh -huh. Simi, I don't remember his name. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty strong, but. Yeah, but what I liked is the ball was going all over. So how many how many uh, receivers did he hit total? Seven. Wow. 
and he four five guys got at least 40 yards. Rashad White, we haven't talked about him much. He, yeah. he had 139 yards from scrimmage. Go. He's been over 100 for four straight games. He tied Whether, Warwick. He tied Warwick Dunn for something. He's he joins Warwick Dunn as the as the only players in Bucks history who, over the course of their first two seasons, compiled at least a thousand rushing yards and at least 750 passing yards. Well, that's good company. That's something our communications department came up with. It's kind of picking and choosing your stats, but still. But yeah, it yeah. just shows he's making an impact in both. Well, parts of that. you kind of have to do that a little bit considering that everybody's been dogging the running game for so long and it's finally starting to go. So you kind of have to look for those little gems to say, hey, you know, and the last three weeks have been pretty, pretty strong. We're still something like 29th and rushing in the league, but it's a little misleading because our running back is producing amongst the top running backs in the yeah. league. Yeah, which is weird. Well, it's because of all the receiving yards. But yeah. he's got he's got the fourth most yards from scrimmage of all running backs in the league. Yeah. Travis Etienne is up there, too. They have very similar stats. Right. He's also scored seven times in the last eight games. Or seven games. Seven times in the last seven games. Gotta love that. Yeah, I know you don't like to talk about fantasy, but he's he's, a, <laughs> he's been a fantastic fantasy football player. This season, because what you want most is a guy who does it every week. I, I read something. There's a running back that no one really thought was going to be very good, and he's got like 20 touchdowns. I don't know if he 20? was. 20? Yeah, I think he's like in Miami. I, I'm oh, find, you mean Raheem Mostert? I think it was like, it, because the comment was, if you were smart enough to get him in your fantasy team, and I started laughing because uh, I went, geez, even here they're talking about the fantasy teams. I'm going to see if I can find where it was. And see if I'm uh, if I'm there. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, um, the month of December so far has been pretty strong for the Buccaneers. And I like what Todd's been saying that if you want to make it to the playoffs, you got to play well in December. And if you look, all of a sudden the Eagles are struggling. Three straight losses. That one. That one last night was ugh. crazy, right? I couldn't believe that. And then and then the Dallas Cowboys, super at home, not so good on the road. Yeah, and they have to go somewhere hard. They're this week. in Miami. Yeah. So all of a sudden it, it the movement in the league right now is crazy when you look at how many teams are seven and seven right now or trying to get to seven and seven. Three weeks ago, we weren't even we were hoping to win the NFC South. If you didn't win the South, you probably weren't gonna make the playoffs. Three weeks later, you you have a great shot of winning the NFC South. And you also are in the mix for seed number six and seed number seven. If we were not, we're considered the leaders in the NFC South right now because of our tiebreaker head-to-head mm-hmm. with New Orleans. But if we were not and New Orleans had the tiebreaker, we would still be in the playoff field. Yeah. Partially because we beat Minnesota. And we beat Green and we Bay. Beat, well, they're only six and eight. Yeah. So we'd be ahead of them anyway. We we beat Minnesota and we beat New Orleans, who are both mm-hmm. seven and seven. Um, we didn't play the Rams, but we've got some good numbers too in terms of like conference games uh-huh. and like strength of victory and strength of schedule. So it's definitely looking a lot rosier in that. Um, I don't remember which side it's on, but that playoff odds calculator, which you don't like to hear about, uh-huh. uh, we were down at around twenty something percent a few weeks ago, and now we're at seventy eight percent. Right. You know that was uh, in that game. Oh, go continue. No, go ahead. Well, I just I just happened to see that uh, Matt Lafleur. That was his first loss in the month of December after winning his wow. first sixteen. Yeah. In December, I don't think Green Bay had lost a, a December game since like two thousand nineteen. Yeah, crazy, or right? 18 maybe. Wow, I think it was two thousand eighteen. 
Um, continue. I'm trying to find the, who the. Who. Uh, I don't. I don't. Okay, I'll just talk about something else. No, you can talk about whatever you want. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it is Raheem Moistert. Moistert. Raheem Moistert. Moistert. Who's he's already? He's over 30 years old, and he, yeah. he's very, very fast. He's, he's known for being injury prone throughout his career. 20 times this season. He's got touchdowns. He has 20 touchdowns? Yes, and it says, if he was on your fantasy team, yeah. seems likely you're winning your league. Yeah, I have him on one team. Which made me laugh. And what's crazy, Scott, he yes. only had 19 career He only <laughs> had 19 career t- wow. TDs over his last eight seasons. I seriously didn't know he had 20 touchdowns. 18 rushing, two receiving. Yeah. Um, I, I read that, and I was like, that doesn't. But what what made it jump out at me was you would win your fantasy league. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying about Rashad White. Mm-hmm. He was not a guy that you had to spend a high draft pick on, um, not too high. Although he was he was coveted by some because he, he's one of the rare guys who really is the workhorse back yep. and doesn't have to share a lot of time. No. Um, but what's made him so great this year is one way or another he gets it done, especially down the stretch because. He gets you a touchdown one way or another every week, and whether it's 80 rushing yards or 80 receiving yards, he generally gets two or over 100 yards. And they yeah. count that they in fantasy they count receiving and rushing yards count the same. Right. And and receptions are better because it, in most leagues you get a point also for the catches. So one way or another, he puts up a good fantasy week for you every week, which is cool. Yeah. So I didn't even have that on my list. I wasn't going to talk about fantasy football. No, but I know, but but. When I see something like that, and it makes me go, wow. And then I laugh because it's a guy that probably no one has on their fantasy. Well, you said you did. Oh, but he got drafted. <clears throat> but he probably isn't starting a whole lot. Well, I play him. I have him in a what's called a best ball league. Oh, okay. Which you draft. We drafted 20 rounds, and you um, you don't have to set a lineup. Oh. It just whoever scores best at each, each position is your starter at the end of the week. Oh, I could, see. Now I could do that because then you wouldn't have to think. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's been great. It's something the, that what I'd look it's at. It's the only league I made the playoffs in. Yeah, it would be something I'd look at the airplane on at the airplane and go, oh, this you is literally don't ha- You literally don't do a single thing after your draft because oh, you can't, see, you can't I could do that. add or drop players either. Oh, see, perfect. Cause that- you just draft and then each week your best. The hard part, however, is when guys get hurt, you could end up Your with no. That's where I am. Okay. I I think I'm in I'm in second by one game going in the playoffs. Had a first round bye, but I think I had the best team. I was I was killing it down the stretch. Yeah. And um, uh, but my problem is I drafted three quarterbacks: Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, and at the very end of the draft, I think he was the last guy left, Kenny Pickett. Ah. And Kenny Pickett and Anthony Richardson have since been knocked out for the season. All right. So Trevor Lawrence is my only remaining quarterback, and, and he might not be. He playing. might not play this. Week. Yeah, hope. Which would be good for the Buccaneers, I yeah. guess. I don't want. Well, I don't want root for guy to be injured. No, no. See, what I always look at is I want to play against the best because if you win, then then it's a solid. I mean, all wins count. But I, I, you know, play against the best and and see where you stand. Speaking of airplanes, I'm just on a <laughs> sidebar here. Speaking of airplanes, <clears throat> did you finish the Barbie movie? I did. I liked it. I liked it. Really? Yes. So. For the story here, I won't name names. Okay, but I want you to, I, because the you reason. You turned it off after 12 minutes, I was told. Yes. I don't know how you got past that. Well, I have a sense of humor. Maybe that's it. Do you think Ken running into the fake surf thing? That part wasn't great. Okay. But, but l- hear me out. Let me tell the story, too, by the way. All right. 
another person on the staff, two rows behind me and to my left across the aisle, sees that I have turned on the Barbie movie. Because I heard it was good, and I heard that um, I Ryan Gosling was funny. Same thing. I heard the same thing. Uh, so I just started watching it. I get tapped on my shoulder, turn around, and he goes, I forbid you from watching that movie. And I'm like, wow. why? Why? I, I heard it was good. And he just thought it was ridiculous. that a, I guess he thought it was ridiculous that a grown man would watch a movie about Barbie. Really? I, I guess that's his reason. I, I didn't think of this at the time and thought of it the next day. What's the difference between a movie about about a toy called Barbie and a movie about, and many movies about uh, a toys. toy called Transformers. Yeah. What's right. the difference? Right. You, or, it's or source toy, material. Or, to, or toy, to, toy story. <laughs> it's toy so, story. It's source material that, right. depending on how good the filmmakers are, you can either make good or bad. I tend to think the Transformer movies are terrible. Yeah. I saw the first one and have not been interested in any of so, the others. So you're telling me I should have stuck with it. You should have stuck with it because you should have known even if you've not read a single thing about that movie, that it wasn't just going to be a whole movie about them acting like dolls dolls in a Barbie land. Right. So there, I don't want to do a lot of spoilers, but, you know, like she's drinking out of a cup, but there's not actually yeah. anything in yeah. it. She's so in the shower. I, there's no so, water yeah. coming down. So if I, yeah, kind of like, it, you know, a doll doesn't really go anywhere. You, they just get yeah, picked pick up, them up put, put them down. Okay, so... So what you're saying is I should have stayed with it. You should have known that it wasn't going to be a whole movie about that because that would be pointless. You should have known that most of the movies like this where it's a, a make-believe thing, like uh, a doll that can move right. around, at some point they're going to transition to the real world. Okay. And then it's going to be the fish out of water thing. Okay. okay, so maybe perhaps the next trip. I will fast forward past 12 minutes. You don't need minutes. to know anything about the first part of it <clears throat> okay. until the, she leaves to go into the real okay. world. All right. I will. There were some funny moments, yeah. some things that she said before she left that were funny, but that was easily the worst part of the movie. So I switched off of that and I went to The Hill with Dennis Quaid. It's a pretty good movie. The Hill? The Hill, yeah. What's it about? It's it about, like a war movie. No, it's about a kid that um, has issues with his bones and has to wear braces in like the oh yeah 60s. that was called the hill i the remember hill. seeing the, the yeah for it, a while there was, was commercials for that movie every yeah. two seconds yeah it was pretty good it was pretty decent so okay i'll have to remember i i didn't mean to sidetrack everybody on that well but no we're giving just, movie recommendations yeah, after after i finished that movie there was about 40 minutes left in the flight uh -huh. so i knew i couldn't watch a whole movie so you know what i queued up mm, no I queued up a few good men and just fast forward oh, to the scene where he comes in, in the drunk. courtroom oh okay for, Remember, Loudon Downey Jr. admits on the stand that he didn't hear the code red, right. which is a huge setback Jetback. for them. Yeah. So the other two lawyers, Joanna and Sam, mm -hmm. are working in his house. He's not there. They're wondering where he is. He comes in clearly drunk. He's got a bottle in his pocket. I think it was Jack Daniels. And there's that whole explosive scene. From that point of the movie on, it's so propulsive. Right. Is that where he says, where's my bat? I think. No, no, that's bat. the next day. Oh, okay. He gets in a big argument with Joanna. She leaves. He chases her down because Sam convinces him to put Jessup on, on, the, on, stand. on the stand, and um, which was her suggestion that he got so mad about. And so the next day, he's re-energized. Okay. And he's walking around. He's like trying to think of something. He's like, where's my bat? She put his bat in the closet. That was smart. That was a smart thing to do. So, yeah, the, the line as he leaves was, he does think better with that bat. Right. Any case, from that point on, that whole movie is so great and okay. so quotable. Like, TJ tapped me on the shoulder one point because and, and, I was quoting <laughs> it, and he's like, and then he started quoting a different part oh, of it. Geez. So, anyway. Wow, I'm glad I had my headsets on that one. Oh, uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, um, anyway, 
Why were we talking about? I don't know. You, oh, you want to know about Barbie? That, that's what. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's talk about uh, another all-time great because Barbie's an all-time great toy, right? Levante David. Oh my goodness. He's so good. Man. Uh, He's still so good. It's he, amazing what he does. And you know what? Do you know what they did with him that they hardly done very much all year? Is they started blitzing him in this game. Yeah. He blitzed at his highest rate all season. And he's good at it. He's very good at it. He kind of reminds me of uh, Rondé Barber taking off like that. Mm. Anyway, I just he he had nine tackles and two tackles for loss, of course. So he surpassed 100 for the 10th mm-hmm. time in 12 seasons in wow. his career. One of only three linebackers since 2000 with 10 100 tackle seasons. Uh, he also surpassed 15 tackles for loss, and he's he's had four seasons with 100 plus tackles and. 15-plus tackles for loss. No other player has had two. Right. More than two of those right. since, since 2000. Right. So, I mean, he just keep, he's 33 years old, dude. I don't know. I mean, that's a young man as far as no, I'm concerned. Right, right. But it's not a young man by NFL standards. But he certainly is proving against the odds. I hope he comes back for at least one more season. Yeah. Well, how can he not? When you play so well. Yeah. Look, you know, some guys decide to go out on top. Well. Like Barry Sanders. Well, that's true. That's true. I don't think Levante would want to go anywhere else. I think he, if he left here, he would retire. That's my guess. But I don't, I don't we'll want to do. I don't want to do either of those no. two things. No, I, just, he's, I want he's him to be a, happy. Do what, do whatever will make him happy. Right, and he's such a leader in in the locker room and on the field. I mean, he he closed out the uh, the um, the game with the, the yeah. He and Shaq combined for the sack. Yeah, but also um, in the locker room where they huddled oh, up. Oh, okay, okay. He, he led that. Oh, did he? Yeah. <clears throat> That was pretty good. They went old school. Did you see the video on that? Uh-uh. I will, though. You should. get Go to Buccaneers.com. You can find the uh, locker room celebration. Todd does the old school. You know, the old school where you have to clap. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't get in the locker room afterwards because this was, I've explained before how I either leave my laptop up in the press And that's box. a very, very long walk. So I wasn't going to do that. So right. I left with like five minutes to go because I'd noticed that the press conference room, which was big and not cluttered with chairs, also had a table. Ooh. With a couple chairs, I'm like, I can work right there. They also had a media workroom right by the press conference. Room. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably where. I should yeah, work. that's it. It's, it says sun right there. <laughs> Although by working in the in the press conference room, I could be there when coach came in. I could be working, mm-hmm. but also just stop for a minute when and coach then get came everything in. that was going on. Yeah, well done. Okay. Anyway, Levante wanted to get those things out. Um, oh, Mike Evans. That ni- that was his 92nd touchdown catch. Crazy. He's up the ladder again. He moved into a tie for 12th with Devontae Adams. How many more do you got to go to get in the It's top like seven five? more to get – oh, to get top five? Yeah. Uh, that That's probably out of Seven reach. more in three games. He's got a shot at it. Yeah, but it's probably not going to happen this year. You know. Uh, anyway, he moved into a tie for 12th, which is, you know, let's not sneeze at that. No. All-time career okay. touchdown receptions – only 11 guys have more than he does. Okay, so how do you get to 10? So okay. you can say he's the top 10. So he's been um, – he's. we've had these notes all year because pretty much every time he scores a touchdown, he moves up another spot. Right. In this case, he moved up from – he was tied with Isaac Bruce at 15th, but now he's tied with Devontae and Rob Gronkowski at 12th. But now there's a seven-touchdown gap to Don Hudson in 11th okay. at 99. And then one more after that, he'll be tied for 9th. D- mm. Depending upon what Devonte Adams does at the same time, oh right, with Tim Brown and Steve Largent, so he needs eight more to get to 100, right, and and be in quote unquote the top ten. Wow! But top five, the Marvin Harrison is fifth at 128, so he needs 
36 more touchdowns. Chew. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Depends on how long he plays. I say he plays at least another three. I mean, he's years. had double-digit touchdowns in exactly half of his 10 seasons now. Right. So if he, how many years did you say? I think he plays another three, four years. Okay, so let's go on the high and say four. If his pattern continues two of those seasons, he'll have somewhere between 10 and 12. Oh. So let's say yep. let's say 22. Yeah. And then in the other two, he'd have to have – that's not out of range. No. If he had seven each in the other two, he'd get there. But yeah. it's asking a lot. Yeah, and I think also, you know, when he – I just think he just loves playing the game. I read this list last week, so I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. But every single player above him on this list – Hall of Famers. Except for two guys who aren't – who haven't been eligible. Larry Fitzgerald, who's not eligible yet, and Antonio Gates, who's on his first year on the bottom and is going to get in. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think those two have a good shot of getting in. Yeah, so – right. and Rob Gronkowski, who he's tied with, is in. Yep. Isaac Bruce behind him is in. Wow. So – Pretty solid company. We've already – We've yeah, already yeah, yeah, cashed yeah. this out. He's clearly a Hall of Famer. Um, okay. So, um, coming into this week's game, um, I don't have a feel for it. But I did have a, I did have a feel for uh, a couple games. I was, on a, I was on a roll. I felt good about this one. Yeah. I, I did, too. I, I thought we were going to win this game. In fact, I even said it Saturday night. And I won't name names, but a few people chuckled at me and said, no, really? You really I think that? I wouldn't have laughed at you for that. Um, I did uh, pick Atlanta losing. You did. I, I know then, that for a fact. And then last night, uh, before the game started, uh, Seattle and the Eagles, I said, yeah, Seattle's going to win this game. Wow. I don't, I, I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I, I just see them winning this game. And sure enough, when they did, I was like, damn. So you picked Carolina and Seattle. Carolina won. Yeah. Crazy because – with seven because, minutes, because Desmond they, Ritter made the dumbest decision of all time. Because they played better than the other team. They had they didn't score a touchdown. They had six points. They couldn't do anything on offense. It was raining. There was about 100 people in the stands. Atlanta's about to go up 14-6. Yeah. And then Desmond Ritter just makes an unconscionably bad throw. throw pick at the five-yard line. Yep. They still had to – they went – they had 90 – they didn't go all the way because they yeah. just kicked a field goal. Uh-huh. They drove all the way down the field and used the last seven minutes off the clock. Yep. When they couldn't do anything on offense before that. Yep. You, that never should have happened. And then Seattle, that, that game-winning touchdown drive was unbelievable. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But so I would have thought you lost both of those predictions with five minutes left in either game. Yeah, but you see, that's why it's 60 minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. That's why. That that is that's it. The, that's the single reason. Yeah, and when so you throw, you can when, win your predictions. When you throw a pick like that, you also end up getting replaced, and that's what happened in Atlanta. <laughs> so yeah, they're going back to Taylor. Yeah, you, it really is that. That's what happened. All right, there. two really quick notes. We probably should get to the, the emails soon because we will. So we got we got time. Two really quick notes. We don't have to elaborate on much. All right. One, hallelujah. Devin Tompkins calling for fair catches on kickoffs. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the reason why that is so important is because there's a new rule. I, I, I We've been talking about it all I week. I had my rant on all this two year. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, Gene was talking about that, too. He, he, he was wondering when that was ever going to happen. Just to recap really quickly, the average drive start around the NFL on kickoffs is like the 25.1-yard line. And the average kickoff return is about 22 yards. And there's been like two kickoff return touchdowns, period. Yep. So if you just fair catch it. You get to move it to the 25. You get to the 25 where you probably would have been and, anyway. And you don't have to get hit. And there'll be no penalties. Yep. That put you back at the 10. No chance for a fumble. No chance for a fumble. Hallelujah. 
fair catch oh, kickoffs. Speaking of kicking, how about our guy flipping well, the field? Oh my! He only had one punt, but my goodness, it was a bomb. Did you? Did, I don't know who was. I can't remember who was back for the Packers, but he kind of just looked as it goes over <laughs> his head and starts running. And I'm thinking, well, they misjudged that. I, I, I meant to. I meant to. Um, it might have been Keyshawn Nixon. Yeah, I probably should have. I, I meant to ask Rich Basaccia, who is the special teams coach for the Packers, um, what the thought was on that. I forgot to do that. But, um, yeah, that was that was well, amazing. He punts at 65 yards, and it lands inside the five and goes sideways yeah. instead of going into the I, end zone. I know. He ends up on the four-yard four. line. I, Very it's a impressive. 65-yard net that puts him at the four. That's about the most perfect punt you could possibly have. You couldn't do that if you walked down there and placed <laughs> it on there. That was unbelievable. All Very right, good. and then the other little note, um, Will Golston wasn't able to play in that game because he no, hurt no, his ankle, no. I think. Yeah, yeah. Did you know it broke a streak for him? He had played in 101 consecutive games. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, they, he's just that. always there. He's always been there. Quietly, yes. yes. Getting it done. Doing the job oh. they want him to do, which is mostly run stopping. Yeah, I'm sad about that. Well, just celebrate the fact that he won 101. Well, games. that's true, too. I, good, good glass half full. He's played more games than any other defensive lineman in Bucks history. Wow. It's crazy. Right, like we already said this. Or All right. Trevor Lawrence is in the concussion protocol. Yep, if we he have to can't get see. out of it, um, C.J. Beathard would be the starter. All right. He was 2-10 and ten as a starter for San Francisco. Was, oh, I was just going to say that. I, I knew he was with the California team. I didn't go to yeah. But it wasn't his grandfather, Bobby Beathard? Maybe. Okay. Spelled the same way. I believe it was. Uh, we did this. We did this. Who was the general manager for the Washington Redskins, and they won Super Bowls, and then he was with uh, San Diego, I believe. I think I've hit everything, Jeff. Okay. Good job. I even had – oh, one more thing. I think it's so funny when you look at rankings. And if I were to tell you that the Jaguars rank 10th in the league in scoring on offense uh-huh. and the Buccaneers rank 20th, you'd be like, oh, that's a big advantage for them. They're, right. they're much better. Yeah, it, It's just so tightly packed. The Jaguars are scoring 22.8 points per game, and the Bucks are scoring 21.1. Wow. So there's not much difference between 10 and 20. And this is, for both teams, is a major game. It's bigger for them. Yeah. You don't well, want yes. to lose any games. And if you lose this one and New Orleans wins the rest, then you're out of luck for the division. Right. Um, you would be anyway because that would mean New Orleans. Yeah, if, you did not, if you're not able to run the table and you were going to take one hit, this, this is, is the one. game that you can. Because it doesn't hurt your tiebreakers as correct. much. You can lick your AFC wounds opponent. on this one. Um, but I think, I think it's important, though. I think it's important because it's December and you want to just keep going. Um, okay, that's it. Do you want to get right. the question? Sure, absolutely. And that's a 405 game, and I'm not happy about it. And I'll and I'll state it. I don't know why we're the only 405 game. There's there's a 425. There's two 425. Well, the 405 means it's not nationwide, right? I understand, but every other game on Christmas Eve is at one o'clock oh. at three. Okay, and that's what I'm asking. Okay, I don't know. Uh, inquiring minds want to know, but I digress. What do you got? Open up that laptop. I'm trying to make sure I get okay. back, back in the day. You'd be uh, opening up envelopes as we speak. Well, here we have an email from a, a uh, listener in Sweden. Wow. Which what? I don't know if we've, I don't, I don't know quite recognize the name. Uh, I guess it's pronounced Onrik, maybe H E N R I K run cramps. Uh, I, I have no idea. That's, that's on me. I don't, I can't do it. All right. Ahoy. Not so salty dogs. Wow. wow, amazing game. And to top it 
off, Carolina beat the Falcons. Yeah. Feels like we are finally getting it. Let's keep the momentum going. I like it. I'm from a small town in Sweden. A longtime Bucks fan and a big fan of your podcast. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I hope I'm getting at least close on your name, and please feel free. To correct him. To correct me and tell me how dumb I am. The in-depth analysis of the game and the banner between you guys is something I look forward to every week. Makes me feel closer to the team. Really appreciate it. Well, we really appreciate appreciate you and all the listeners. Thank you. Um, I've only been to, able to watch two Bucks games in person. My first one was wow. back in 07 at Raymond James Stadium. My second was in London in 2019. Nice. Where I, by accident, bumped into Warren Sapp. Wow. <laughs> I and- showed him my Bucko Bruce tattoo and got to chat with him for a bit. Nice. An amazing experience. Wow. Hope to be able to come back to Tampa and catch another game next season. Well, good. My wife is from Minnesota and a diehard Vikings fan. Oh, yes. That's a problem. Well. So we are always fighting about what team jersey our two-year-old daughter should be wearing on Sundays. Oh. Well, you know what side of that we're on. Sure. At the moment, my daughter is really into the color red. Good. Good, yes. So hopefully she will be a Buccaneer fan, too. Right. But, you know, they start to like purple. and you know. I can't stand the Vikings and their skull chants. Oh, it wow. means cheers in Swedish. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just saying cheers. Yeah. All right. That is dumb. Good. But, Glad to hear the Vikings are dumb. You know. The Vikings have always had something irritating about their in-game experience because they, I swear to God, they used to pump in crowd noise. They did. In the, in the they, Metrodome. They did. On the sidelines. It seems so dang obvious, but they never yeah. got nailed for it. No. But you, if you were down there, you knew it. Anyway, so they said, what's the what's the point of that? He means the skull chant. Anyway, let's go beat the Jags on Christmas. Thanks for reading. Merry Christmas and a happy to New Year to you, Salty Dogs. Go Bucks. Well, a happy yes. New Year and Merry Christmas to you, too, as really? well. Nice wow. email. Not really any question because I don't know why. I wonder how he the, follows the game. Maybe he'll write in again and tell us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Does he does it get picked up on Sky Network? You know, the, I think I thought you knew this stuff better than I did. Well, I know, but I'm just, you know, just curious if if it's available. I guess this guy, this guy, next guy, Brian Uris, uh-huh. uh, from he doesn't say. Okay. Um, I, I like this idea. Uh, dogs, three exclamation points. Had the pleasure of attending Bucks versus Packers at Lambo. Wow. wow, you had a good time. Ran into Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore Saturday evening, and they were cool as always. I was there. <laughs> So does, does this guy not realize he ran into you, no. too? No, keep going. Everywhere behind the seats, concourses, restrooms, club areas in Lambeau, they pump audio from the Packers radio network. Yeah. Not the TV audio. No. Like they do at Raymond James. Yeah. I've harped about this last year, and it's a simple thing to enhance the game day experience back home in Tampa. Correct. Please forward to the appropriate folks within the Bucks organization. I have faith in the dogs to make this simple fix. Yeah, no, I. You've tried. <laughs> they don't I, want to do it. I, I, if it can be done, because the feed's there. So it's just it's from a higher pay grade. It's than a you. higher pay grade from me. You can't get it done. I, I'll, you I'll put your trust in the I will, people, right? I will bring it up one more time. But yes. Next we, time we have one. We used to do that all the time. It used to always the, the radio broadcast was always in. I guess the reason why they they switched it up is because in the clubs there are so many um TVs and people are in there and they like to watch the T V and hear what so, they're seeing on the T V rather than just the radio. Well, that so makes, I don't that think that makes some can, sense. But out on the concourse. Um I thought in the concourses it was uh Apparently not. Huh. 
I, I I did actually notice that when I was because you have to yeah it's as you may have said earlier it's a long way from the press box to the locker room yeah and you spend part of that walking on a raised level above where the fans are on mm-hmm. the concourse right. and I literally noticed that they were playing the radio broadcast um, so I he's right about that I don't right. know about I'm ours gonna, I'm gonna find out um, P.S. Packer fans attitude and tailgating are number one in the NFL and there's not even a close second. Complete strangers welcomed welcomed us like family with our Bucks gear. Um, I bet there was some good food getting cooked too. Yes, I went to a Milwaukee Brewers game, uh-huh. which would be the same type of you know people um, years ago at their old stadium, County Stadium, I think it was called their uh-huh. old, old stadium, and um, the it was the tailgating was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Where's before. he from? He doesn't say. Okay, I I he's from Tampa. Okay, he's from Tampa. Because he says back home in Tampa. Okay, yeah. Um, he, uh, we met him, or he didn't meet me. He met them. I was sitting right there, <laughs> quietly. True story. That's funny. But I will tell you, uh, he was standing at the bar, and we were on the back wall, and he came over uh, in, it was the uh, Dirty Leprechaun. Was the name? Was the, the name of the bar? Was the name of the, the bar. dirty leprechaun? Yes, it D U R T U I dirty. So it's probably a German bar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think he is a big dude uh, with a beard. If I re- okay. if I recall correctly, all right. Uh, him and his buddy came over because I maybe was, it was the buddy. Um, they, the reason why I know is because I was sitting there, and Dave was to my right, and Gene was one over. Um, and I was watching two guys keep turning around looking because whenever Gene talks, people... Yeah, people recognize yeah. his voice. And so I was going, okay. And what was funny is we were at the hotel uh, having dinner and Gene was sitting there and we were talking and there was a couple that kept turning and looking and looking. And finally, <laughs> I just put my hand up and went like, you know, come on over. And they were from Iowa, but they were big Buck fans and they listened to the... And they... And they, the voice. Got, they got a picture of Gene, the and they man. were just so happy. But that's I'll cool. bet you that's where he's from. But I'm going to find out. Um, he's correct. No, they don't. it is not. Okay. I, I double-checked. I figured you would know. All right, next one, because we got a lot. Okay. This is from Patrick in Lando Lakes. All right. Ahoy, Salty Dogs. Typing an email like this on a Victory Monday sure feels a lot better than the last one I typed after the loss to the Colts. At that time, I was trying to remain optimistic Sorry, I had to call That's okay. Um, at what appeared to be grim playoff hopes, and said I could see a world where the Bucks were 7-7 seven and seven going into the Christmas Eve game with Jacksonville. Well, just call me Optimistic Prime. That was pretty good. Uh-huh. Because that was one hell of a three-game stretch. Wow. I like Optimistic Prime. That's clever. You know, that's a reference. This is the second time we've referenced... Um, Transformers. Yes. You knew that maybe... Is that why... Did you know that beforehand, and that's why you thought? No, I knew that because I, I thought that was a good point. What's the difference between a movie about a Barbie doll and a movie about a, a, a transforming thing, that tra- toy that transforms into a robot from a car? Right, right. Hats off to Baker Mayfield on an incredible performance on the road in Green Bay where he hadn't had much luck in past visits. Yes. I hope that he stays in Tampa next season. Pause for a moment. So uh-huh. do I. Why? I said, so do I. Oh. And beyond, because I love how he plays and how he's able to be a leader on and off the field. My question this week is, can you recall the last Buccaneers QB to have an amazing performance similar to Baker's on the road? Ah. Yeah, I can. 
and is Tom Brady, unsurprisingly. Gee, I'm shocked. Do you remember the Detroit game in 2020? I do. Uh, but we weren't we 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 we, we weren't there remotely, but but he yeah. was there. Oh yeah, and he we won forty seven seven. He had done so much by halftime that they just they put in Blaine Gabbert for yeah, the second half. They said you need the rest. But <laughs> before in just two quarters, let me look this up exactly. Um, in just two quarters, Tom Brady had already. Uh, let's see. I, I'm trying to stretch this out. When you think about it, how uh, that was three years ago, or it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, but the other side is is look how far Detroit has come. You know yeah. they've been struggling for years. They were, they were that was I think that was his first year being Dan. Well, Campbell. and they also had um, they had a lot of players out and even coaches out due to um, uh, COVID. But uh, no, that was Campbell's first year was the next year. I believe their coach had already been fired because it's listed here as their coach was Daryl Daryl Bevel, and I think that was an interim coach. Uh huh. So anyway, um, Tom Brady in just two quarters of play was twenty two of twenty seven for three hundred forty eight yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, which is extremely similar to the stats that Baker just had, and that was a perfect pass rating of one fifty eight point. Ah. So, yes, I can think of one, and there you go. Okay, very good. But that's Tom Brady. So if you're being compared to Tom Brady. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. You did a good thing. You did good. All right, I'm, I'm moving along because we got a lot. This All is right. from Don in Orlando. All right. Uh, Ahoy, ye old salty dogs. Wow, what a great win. Not only was this a signature win for the Bucks, but it was a fun game to watch. That's what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, a lot of fun. It was fun because at no point in the game did I feel like this is going south. Yep. I mean, we're losing 7-3 for a moment. Right. And then scoring would never try. But never they were 10-10, 13-10. Yep. But we just kept answering. Yep. So I didn't think – I thought we – the whole time I thought we had a chance to win. And then when we got the Dave Moore touch, David Moore touchdown and we were two touchdowns ahead, you could relax. Uh-huh. It was, I was a, it was a great experience. Yeah. Okay. One reason the game was enjoyable to watch for me, he says, was that the Bucks were able to put together several sustainable drives. This was probably the first game I recall watching where the Bucks' offense did not shoot themselves in the foot with stupid pre-snap penalties. Right. And nobody's insulted by him saying stupid pre-snap penalties because our players and coaches have used the exact certain terminology uh-huh. to talk about stupid mistakes that right. we were making earlier in the year that we have not been making in the last three games. Wow. Outside of maybe two holding calls, I can't recall us having any illegal procedure, shift, motion, formation, et cetera, penalties. Scott, can you verify this? Well, I can't verify that you're right because you're wrong. Oh. Uh, Robert Hainsey did get a false start call, yeah. and that was the one drive where we went three and out. But we had no penalties in the second half, none. And that makes a big difference when you're trying to move yeah, the and ball. And got, that's what happened when we got the, the penalty. We got the big penalty for Mike Evans on pass interference. Right. That was huge. That was huge for us. But we did not commit any penalties no. in the second half. Nope. Um, so my question is, do, do our wins this year correlate well with our games where we have not made these types of drive-killing pre-snap penalties? Hmm. My guess is yet, but I will def- yes, but I will defer to Scott for the answer. Well, I don't have it for you. Sorry, Don. No. That's just too – It's. I can look up our our um, penalties per game. Uh-huh. I can look up um, I can look up individual guys' penalties, but it's hard to find a list of the p- types of penalties you have in a game. I could have done it, but it would have been very time intensive. And this email came in yesterday, and I just, I have a lot of work to do on Monday and Tuesday. I just didn't have time to look it up. Yeah. All I can tell you is that uh, on, in my situational records file. 
Um, we are four and four this year when we commit one to five penalties, two and two when we commit six to ten penalties, and one and one in which we commit eleven or more. So we're five hundred in all three categories. So it doesn't seem like that's been a deciding factor, but I know that Don is talking specifically about procedural penalties uh-huh. that can kill a drive. So I think is I think his point is correct, but I don't have the data to prove it. So sorry about that. I'm sorry too. Moving on to Mike in Connecticut. Okay. Hey, dogs, what a game yesterday. Yep. I was so pleased to see the team rally after that fumble in the first quarter. It could have easily gone sideways, but they put their big boy pants on and got the job done. Now, there's a guy that's watched a lot of buck football. I was a little nervous when David Moore had his Leon Lett moment, but hopefully the team and coaches have all given him a healthy dose of shit for it, and I'm sure he'll never (laughs) do it again. They probably have. He's brought, look, it was his first touchdown in three years. He forgot how to do it. My question is, has any Tampa Bay player ever done that before and lost the TD and possession? I can't recall. I that. don't remember that. There's no way no. to look that up. But I don't. I can't I don't recall, recall that happening. No. I can't think of any since I've been a fan, but I'm only 39. Me too. And be- yeah, became same. a fan in the A Train era. Oh wow. Um, I'm going to skip this next part because it's a topic I didn't want to talk about. Okay. Um, yeah, there's no upside. Here's the funny part. Oh. Finally, on a funny note, Scott, regarding your dinner text with your wife last week. You mentioned how you're trying not to eat steak, but in the same breath said you would love picadillo, which has ground beef. Then when you mentioned Chinese, you said you like to order Szechuan beef. Are you aware that both of these choices also come from a cow? (laughs) As a Midwestern guy, I would have thought you would be familiar with with where the meat on your plate comes from. I wish I would have thought of that when that was happening. Well, hold on. Okay. That made me laugh last week. Don't stop the priceless segues. Happy holidays, Mike and Connecticut. All right. Let's <laughs> let's break down what actually happened. It was during the podcast. Giselle texted to see if I wanted dinner at all. I said yeah. sure, and she gave me three choices. Right. I think she wanted to make steak, but she also put picadillo on there. Yeah, and you said you really didn't. You didn't care, but you didn't want steak that night. Yeah, you did. And then say the, that. whatever the third choice was, I think was maybe like sandwiches from Publix or something like that. I would have preferred that. I didn't. I didn't say I wanted right. picadillo, I, and I really didn't. But, I, I mean, if she gives you two things and you're like, eh, I want two of those, that's, that's kind of rude. And then when we decided on Chinese food, which sounded great to me, I, I laid out what we normally get. And the main dishes we get are cashew chicken, which I love, and Szechuan beef, which my wife loves. I eat mostly just the vegetables because the vegetables in the sauce in Szechuan chicken are really yeah. good. But I don't really want to eat a lot of that. I don't eat much of the meat. Right. So I do know that that meat comes from cows. Yeah. You didn't say you didn't. You you just said, I, I, if I remember correctly, you were more like, I don't feel like steak tonight. Was I, more I, I did say I'm trying not to eat too, many, too much yeah. red meat. I think I probably said, if I didn't, it's true. It's probably my favorite food on the planet. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. So I have to say no a lot of times. You have food outside the planet? <laughs> um, so we would we had cashew chicken. We I had guess crab if you rangoon. were an astronaut, you would be outside the planet. We had cashew chicken. We had crab rangoon. We had Szechuan beef. And we had hot and sour soup. Nice. So I ate a lot of cashew chicken and rice. Right. I ate a couple crab rangoons and some soup and just had a little bit of the, the vegetables and sauce in the Szechuan beef. Yeah. Okay. okay. So but, you, you didn't, you thought you were calling me out, but, but you, you know what? I totally love it. That was very That good. was that very was, funny. That was very funny. That was very funny. That's a good, that's right. a good one. This is from Dan in, in, in Palm Harbor. All right. Ahoy, salty dogs. Winning isn't everything. It's just a heck of a lot better than losing. <laughs> Baker played his best game of the year so far. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. I'd say that more about the Atlanta game. Uh-huh. Hopefully we can close out the regular season with three more wins. The team, This team is something special. 
I think so. My question to you guys is I saw that Greg Allman, that covers the NFC South, yep. said that with the Vikings loss to the Bengals, helps us with the tiebreaker if we can't win the South for a third straight year. Correct. Can you please explain this to us? We beat the Vikings. We beat the Vikings. So if we end up, and they're 7-7 seven and seven now, and so are we. So if we were in the... Um, Wild card, wild card race, and we we end up tied with them. We're going to have the head to head tiebreaker. Right. So we would rather have, uh, we we would have rather have the Vikings. They get knocked down yep. to seven and seven. We would like to be in a tie with the Vikings. Correct. That's why. Also, if Green Bay gets hot and we're in a tie with Green Bay, we eliminate head to head. That's why that was so important. Yeah. So also, if we end up in a tie with uh, New Orleans, we would beat them in a head to head. No, no, no think- not necessarily because they could beat us. We, we play them next week. Yeah, but say they lost this week, right? And then we won. Then we'd be up one. But then they beat us the next week. Then we would be tied again. Yeah, it's the head-to-head, but I think we Correct. have them in conference record. Okay. That. Um, our our tiebreakers against New Orleans are pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, and he goes on to say, also, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Same. And do you guys have a favorite Christmas or holiday cookie and movie? Mm. For me, Home Alone 2 is my favorite, and I love chocolate chip. Take care. Love the show and keep up the good work. Um, well, first of all, I wouldn't call chocolate chip a, a Christmas or holiday cookie. No. I'd, I'd go with, for nostalgia reasons, um, my, my mom used to make every Christmas for decades Russian tea cakes. Have you ever yeah. had those? Yeah. And um, they're like semicircular, like a half a ball. And they have, I don't know what they're made of, but they have some nuts inside them and they have powdered sugar on them. Yeah. Uh, and then spritz cookies, which are basically like sugar cookies with with decorations on them and in different shapes yeah that you know you, you have the, the trees and stars i and can't stuff. remember what it's called um it's a it's a uh, it looks like a the cookie looks like a waffle it's very very thin and it's pressed my grandmother used to make those and stroop waffle i don't know i don't know what the name of it is but that was always sent if you know what he's yeah. talking about email yeah tell it us was it really is. it's it's very very good and when i was I always remember that because it would come in a box and you got really excited if you found one that wasn't all crumbled because it came in the mail and, you know, things weren't as swift as they are now. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is The Christmas Story. I have to watch it. I have to watch it once every single Christmas, and I do. My fun Christmas movie is Bad Santa, which I just still laugh at. Um, I said my cookies. Although, if it doesn't have to be specifically Christmas, I think Snickerdoodles might be the best cookie. Oh, that's all right. Um, as for movie, first of all, Christmas Story is terrible. No, it's not. I had never watched it and always got made fun of for that. So, like a year or two ago, it came on TV. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this. I had probably lasted 15 minutes. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, see, it was it. so bad. No, I love it. A funny, funny movie. Maybe if you watch all of Barbie, I'll go back and watch all of Christmas. No, I'm going to watch all of Barbie. I am. Gonna I watch could it. not stand it. I thought it was awful. Okay. Um, I would say by far superior to that is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. But probably my favorite is Elf. And I don't consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. No, I do. But I, you know, because then it would be Die Hard. What's fun when it? Well, when we're when we like when we were home when we're home on Christmas when we're not playing on the weekends when Christmas falls on the weekend during the week. 
I like to just watch all the Christmas movies back to back That's to back nice. on like Turner or whatever, yeah. what, you know, how they just go. So you'll see Elf, you'll see all the really, really good ones. Now, It's a Wonderful Life. Unfortunately, I think it's a license only to NBC. Oh, okay. And that movie is dragged out for like four hours. That's my only sister's like a favorite. 90, yeah, 90 yeah. They movie. just put so it's many minute movie. Yeah. But, um, that's my sister's favorite Christmas yeah, movie. I, I'll give you one more that's really, really underrated. What's that? I think it's from maybe the late 80s and stars Bill Murray. Scrooged. Oh, yes. That that's is good. so good. That's good. That's a great movie. And, you know, there are so many different Christmas movies that you just kind of... I, I Bad Santa is very funny. Bad Santa, it's not for children, but it's, no. it's, it's a, it, it, it makes me laugh. It's just, very funny. Yeah, because a lot of times... And there's a little cr- bit of niceness. Yeah, in, in, the, in, in the end, it does. Yes. So, would, um, you, would you like a sandwich? <laughs> That's in the movie all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he, the kid always wants to make a sandwich. Yeah. Um, also, Elf is, I like to whisper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember many movie lines, but those are the ones that I, I do enjoy. Um, yes? Okay, this is from Richard Terraoka. Uh-huh. Um, hello, Salt in, in San Gabriel, California. Yeah. Hello, Salty Nears. What a great win in Lambeau. It truly. Glad to see a perfect passer rating from Baker. A very Brady-like performance. Rashad White is really coming into his own. Yep. And is becoming a focal point of the offense. The inside PA guy kept calling him Rashid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rashid White. Yeah. Evans just does Evans things. Last but not least, a great Chris Godwin performance. Wow. We finally saw everything click offensively. We did. Both Mike and Chris production and White having another day. Great to see, and hopefully it continues for years. Rashad White is at 834 rushing yards, and Chris Godwin at 804 receiving yards. Yeah. They both are so close to 1,000-yard seasons. I would love to see our Bucks have 2,000 receiving yard receivers and a 1,000 rushing yards rusher. I know Rashad is already past 1,000 combined yards. Right. Have the Bucks ever had two thousand yard receivers and a thousand yard rusher in the same season? Thanks for taking the time and go Bucks. There you go. I I just I this one came in. Uh, I can't tell when. What's that? Uh, Monday at ten o'clock. So oh. I didn't see it till this morning, and I didn't really have time to look it up. But I can do that pretty quickly off yep. the top of my head. What I think it's it? possible. What's the question? Have the Bucks ever had a season in which they had two thousand yard receivers <laughs> and? Also, a thousand-yard rusher. Um, wow! I Godwin and Evans did it in 21, but Leonard Fournette topped out at 812. Right. Um, this won't take long. I'm just going to go through it real quick. Uh, I was thinking maybe one of the Doug Martin seasons. Uh, 19? No. No. I'm trying. Any any of the? Uh, um, well, we didn't really pass. I'm much thinking through. possibly Evans, Vincent Jackson, and Doug Martin, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. It's a good question. I have to I have to give you credit on that one. But apparently, uh, oh, Jackson and, and Mike D Jackson Mike's made it, but that was one of the years where Doug was hurt, so okay. four and four yards. See, I I don't I'm I don't think there is. I don't think there is either because it has only been recently that do we that, have a passing game. <laughs> well, yeah. It's only been recently that we've had seasons with two thousand yard receivers. Right. And um they just didn't happen to Doug Martin only I think Doug Martin has had the only two thousand yard rushing seasons in that same span and they didn't fall in the same seasons as it turns out right right i'm going to go ahead and go through this just for clarity's sake um but i'm pretty sure once we get past like 2000 it's not going to be i mean we hardly had any thousand yards here at all right 
Got to go back to the Kevin House days. Wow. Jesus, this year, in 1996, Mike Allstat led our team in receiving yards. That's amazing. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. With, with 557. That was his rookie year. Mm. All right. So there's that. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can top that before it's over with. Okay, so no, the answer is no. No, okay. right. It's been close. We've yep. been close a couple times. I think the Leonard Fournette year was the closest one. All right. So that would be fun. Yep. So R Rashad would need 100 and uh, let's see, what does he say here? I'm taking his word for it. I've got stats right here. Right. Uh, is he right? Yep. So Rashad needs 166 more rushing yards in the next three games, which wow, is very, he, very doable. He get it in this game. And Chris Godwin needs 186 receiving yards. So wow, if Chris has a game like he did, he'll be there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. This is from Elliot Lovejoy. No, that's no. I'm sorry. All right. This is just him responding because he's going to come meet meet us on Saturday. Okay. Where Saturday? Yeah, Sunday. Where? Here. What do you mean? Who's I'm going to have to look back through the communication. Someone's meeting us here on Saturday? 23rd. No, that's Friday. Oh, on I, Friday. I said we would definitely be here on Friday. Oh, okay. 23rd is a... No, that's no. where... I'm going to have to talk to Elliot. Yeah. I thought the 23rd was a Friday. No, the 23rd Saturday. Yeah, I, we don't I, come I, in on Saturdays no, no. for home games. I'm going to have to... Maybe he can come on Friday. I'm okay. going to have to... Reach out or to I, can, I can swing by here if he just wants to get a look at the place. Yeah. Um... Because man, uh, so one way or another, and I haven't. We'll been, meet up with you. Elliot, yeah, I and, haven't had a free Saturday in three weeks, so <laughs> I need a free Saturday. Yeah, I'll take care of it, Jeff. All right, All right this is the last one from Sam Nenow in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, hey dogs. Well, that was fun to watch us give a beat down for a change. I know we have three weeks left, but it looks like we are getting hot at the right time. As I'm sure you've already discussed, Mayfield had a great game. Oh, we forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Well, he only did it once, so you got to kind of see if he does it two two games in a row. Come on now. If the Bucks win the division this year, do you think he would be the front runner for comeback player of the year? I who would be his biggest competition? Hope you both have a very merry Christmas and let's crush the Jags. Yeah. All right. I do not think Baker will win because the moment that DeMar Hamlin stepped back on the football field, he, he locked that up. But has he played very Not a lot. Many, he nope. hasn't played a whole Doesn't lot. matter. Doesn't matter. You Doesn't think, matter. You think he just gets The moment it. he played in a game, he locked this award up. Mm. Done deal. He I died. Could, he died on the field. Yeah, I, I understand. I totally understand. I understand. Usually, yes. Can't argue it. Yeah. I mean, uh, after it, that you, now. Yeah. Usually when, when you think of that, it, that you, right. If you take, usually you go by stats and right. Right. Uh, you know, all of that, how important you meant to the team. And I'd say he's up there. Yeah. I if, think you're right, Scott. If you took DeMar out of it, I think you have a shot because it's yeah. very, very close analog to didn't Geno Smith win it last year. He did. And this award used to commonly go to players who came back and did well after a bad injury. injury. Uh, and, and it was like, Geno Smith came back from what? He came the back. The bench? Well. Not playing? I mean, but they've obviously expanded. Actually, from the abyss, if you really want to know the truth. because They've, they've obviously expanded their uh, uh, what, what comeback what, player means. But what, anyway, if Gino won for that season, this is a pretty close approximation of yeah, what Baker's doing. Correct. What is with Seattle and backup quarterbacks able to turn into oh, You like pretty, the Drew Locke experience? Yeah. I mean, who saw that coming? Did you see the interview at the end? I thought it was a great interview. I thought Lisa did an excellent job. Um, I understand some people don't like the emotional aspect of it, but I thought it was um, a very personable one-on-one, -on -one, um, not cliched uh, answers. I liked it a lot. Cool. So DeMar Hamlin played in four games, 
and had two tackles. Okay. Well, when you come back from the dead, that's pretty strong. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. All right. We'll see. It'll be, you know, who votes on that? Writers? Wait a minute. Who, who votes on that? Why does it say he was the AP? Oh, he was 12th. He was already the, he already finished 12th in the AP comeback player that you're voting. Last year? Before all that happened. Okay. So there you go. No, he, he finished that. I, maybe that they, he was in the voting. Some people voted for him last year, uh, which is kind of crazy because yeah. he hadn't really come back yet. No, but he did in the scheme he came of back, life. He came back to uh, consciousness. Yeah. All That's right. it. That's all I got. That's all the emails. Wow. Okay. But well, that was a lot of emails. Yeah, very good. And I'm glad Buck fans are very, very excited. It was fun meeting uh, people when we were out and about. Uh, I did enjoy that. And, and so the guy, what was his name? I forget who uh, met Gene and Dave. Yeah, he pro- he probably went, oh, my didn't realize that well, was yeah. one of the salty He, he dogs. just ignored you. Well, I didn't talk. That's what I, I was the thing. I was, I was just enjoying myself. I'm trying to figure out which guy it was. Uh, I can't. Brian. Brian, yeah. So he'll probably reply, but yeah. I good, would, I hope he I does. Would, uh, yes. It was very good. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's all you, I got. You got anything else? Nope. Ready for the holidays? We're working Not on, quite. Uh, I hope everyone joins us uh, watching that game or listening to it on Bucks Radio. What a great Christmas gift that would be if you pulled this one off, right? All right. Well, Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. And since you did, thanks for listening.